0: Welcome to Unpack the Pursuit, a podcast where we have real talk about change. Unpack the Pursuit is dedicated to helping us think differently about change and how we get to the places we so desperately want to go. Get ready for empowering tips and tools, lots of storytelling, and inspiring interviews. We are your hosts, Natalie and Molly. Let's unpack this.
1: Guys, how are you? I've missed you. It's been a while. We haven't posted in a long time, or at least it feels like a long time. I'm really not sure how long, but yeah, we're happy to be back. We've been producing content behind the scenes. We have amazing interviews in the pipe. And so I'm really excited to get these uh, on air and out to you and out to the world. It seems important right now to be sharing people's stories. If you haven't had a chance to check out the episode right before this one, it's about 10 minutes. It's just a brief message from Natalie and I. I would really love if you did. It just gives you an idea of where our head's at and how we feel about what's happening in the world and how we're existing, all that jazz. Today's episode is really focused on creatives. If you are a creative in this world and you are trying to make a business out of your creativity and your your artistic ability, if you were trying to make money, if you're just trying to exist in this world and share with other people how important your creative mind is, I feel you and resources are important. So sometimes as creatives, I feel like, uh, it's, it feels less natural to be business savvy. And as business professionals, it feels kind of uncomfortable to be, Leaning into our creativity, but we do have both sides, and I think learning how to lean into those other sides can really make us a more holistic human, and really bring like our our career, our experience to new heights and new you know experiencing unknowns. So Kemi, I love Kemi. We're going to be introducing Kemi in in a bit here, and she is going to talk to us about how the company she founded gives resources for creatives that allows them to do that, to feel like they have confidence creating and ultimately being successful and having that sort of business mindset. I think this is very important. And not only does Kemi bring that perspective, but she also just is an inspiring human. She has a lot going on and you will be able to tell that within the first few minutes of this podcast. She is ambitious. She is powerful. She is empowering. And what I love most about Kemi is that she's so humble in the fact that she is constantly talking about the people around her and about how, how important it is to cultivate community because that is really the most important thing. You are only as successful as the people around you who are able to support you and lift you up. And so I love that about Kemi. She's so sweet. We had such a passionate and and great conversation. So without further ado, let's get this party rolling. And guys, I'm so happy to be back. I've missed you and stay tuned for more to come. Today, we'll be unpacking career adaptability and the importance of building a community, especially if you're a creative or an artist. The world of work is changing. It's dynamic, it's unknown, it's just, it's ever-changing. So being adaptable and willing to pivot will only benefit you in the short term and the long run. And I think people honestly gravitate towards those who are fearless whilst navigating uncertainty, but I would bet those leaders who step fearlessly into the unknown do not do it alone. In fact, I know that to be true. And so we'll be touching on the importance of cultivating community as well. I'm really excited to introduce Kemi Adegoroye. She is a performing artist, entrepreneur, and attorney. Her artistic career spans multiple disciplines, including music, theater, writing, and producing. Currently, she's in the process of recording and producing her debut EP of original music under 13 Roses Productions, a boutique production company she founded. She also performs regularly as a solo artist and with her band, Terra Firma. In 2017, she co-founded Alveo Creative, formerly known as Indico, an arts organization (laughs) that provides concrete and actionable information and a community for independent artists in multiple disciplines worldwide. I'm so excited to introduce you to Kemi and let's get this conversation started. Kemi, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here to unpack the pursuit.
1: We're excited to have you. (laughs) I
2: feel like it's been—we talked about this a little bit,
1: but it's been—I feel like it's been a long time since we had our initial conversation. So I feel excited that we're finally being able to flesh it out. So 2020 has been a difficult and historic year so far on many levels. What does life look like for you right now? What have you been up to?
2: Yeah, it's been um, busy. <laughs> it's been busy and interesting and confusing, which I think is the case for a lot of different people. I have been, in some ways, it's remained the same. I've been juggling the same pursuits and projects that I was juggling before, you know, COVID started, before um, all the, the various just different things happening in the world began, So I've continued to practice as an attorney, which I do on a part-time slash flexible basis. And then I have also been working on my arts company, Alveo Creative, with my business partner, Claire. And we've been continuing to produce original content. We've tried to provide really concrete information for people who are dealing with COVID and, and the pandemic and economic disruption. Because the pandemic has especially hit artists in a very specific way and very frustrating way for a lot of people for myself as a performer I still continue to work on my EP which I was already working on beforehand and have continued to develop uh, behind the scenes and then working with my band um and my bandmates uh, we actually started this band at the beginning of the year which is hard to believe <laughs> so yeah just trying to keep all those things going while you know Maintaining my own sanity and keeping things straight and taking care of myself, taking care of the people that I love, and staying in touch with everyone uh, that I can, even if we can't be together physically, and just, yeah, just wrapping my head around everything that's happening all the time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's so great that you're keeping the momentum because I think the live industries, it's coming back, but it's going to take a minute. And so all that work will pay off, but you got to keep the momentum.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the thing is, it definitely hasn't been. It's been very stop and start at points. There was definitely periods of time where things were not happening. <laughs> but I'm kind of used to that in terms of especially for me as a, a performer because I've always been juggling so many different things. I I always call it a shifting percentages. I'm either putting you know, certain percentages of my time and my energy into certain projects versus others. And so I'm used to kind of putting some things on hold or some things on the back burner or being in development or incubation periods for long periods of time. So I... In that sense, I was actually kind of, I don't know if we could call it prepared <laughs> for something like this, but I'm, I'm kind of used to a world in which you kind of have to take things gradually step-by-step step and, and reshift and refocus your thinking in response to different things going on. And
0: that's what it's like owning, just doing your own thing and owning your own business. You're busy
2: and how crazy <laughs> that you started
0: your band at the beginning of the year.
2: It's, well, it's, what's the craziest part about it, though, which is it's still so funny to me, is that um, the, my bandmates and I, we had, i I gotten to know all of them within the last year. I met um, the pianist, um, Josh. I met him in August of last year. And we played a gig together. We played a couple of gigs together, but we played a major one here in D.C. My um, first solo show at this really beautiful and historic jazz club here in D.C. We played together with um, some other friends. One of whom was our drummer, Angel. And uh, they were friends together, and they introduced me to our fourth band member, uh, Ben, who's a bass player. We played a gig together. The gig we played was in January at this really amazing, huge stage here in D.C., and there were over 400 people there, which, when, it, when you think of the pandemic, <laughs> it's just crazy to think at the beginning of the year that we could be in a space where there were over 400 people like crammed into this you know, concert venue um, for several hours, just, Singing and yelling and hugging and dancing and no mask. We haven't been able to do no, absolutely not a mask in sight, just existing. But yeah, so we started. We had such a fun time playing that Jake, but we decided to make it a permanent thing, and it's been just building on that uh, for the last several months. So, so yeah, it's been it's been wild. Wow. One of the many ventures I've I've been launching over the last few years.
0: How amazing! I want to hear about the company Alveo Creative. So You co-founded this with your co-founder, Claire. How has this work just evolved for you
2: over the years? What's changed? What hasn't changed? Um, Well, that is funny because that project has been one of the ones I've been working the longest on. I first broached the idea to Claire, my my co-founder and um, very good friend, January 2015. So we've been, you know, thinking about it and working on it for, for, for many years at this point. We actually went to high school together, so we've known each other for a very long time now. It originally, honestly, started as a concept of a space and a community for artists to find each other and to work with each other because I have always been in the creative fields, but there have been times when I've moved to different areas and i found it a little bit more difficult to break into it, um, not with the ease that I found in college. When I was in college, you know, it was very easy to collaborate with people because everyone... Had time, and you know, frankly, half the time nothing better to do. And you know, you didn't have as much stake. You didn't have rent to pay, or you know, a job to go to every day. And so, I found trouble finding that same community once I had left college and was doing a multitude of other other different things. So that was what the initial concept was: trying to find a space where I can meet people in this way to work with them. whether i was moving to a different city or different community or just a different phase of my life Mm. and um she really liked that idea as well because she's in the tech sphere she's you know programmer developer but she also dances and it's a latin dance she started in college so we were both coming from the perspective of artists and creatives who are always doing other things but still want to maintain that level of involvement um and interaction with people so that's originally where we started and we kind of built it from there to become a blog because for our purposes, it was easily manageable. It was the two of us. We both had full-time jobs at one point um, for, a, for a long period of time. I was in law school for the, you know, when we were developing the concept and we ended up launching it the fall after I graduated. And so we were both busy and we figured a blog was the easiest way to put a minimum viable product out into the universe to test and see if we even had an audience who was interested in what we wanted to produce and what we wanted to say without overwhelming us with, you know, too much work to like officially run it. That's how Indico started. And it took about, so we launched in 2017. So it took about two and a half years to even like get to that point of many phone calls and various meetings when we were in the same city, when we were in different countries. We figured we would produce interviews and original content articles about working in the arts, different aspects of the arts to really get an insight into how people create, how people build their careers in different industries, and different disciplines, in different phases of their careers. So we would talk to our friends who were still kind of breaking into the businesses and figuring things out. And then we'd also talk to people who had been in businesses for years, who had won Emmy Awards and Tony Awards and been on Broadway. And um, just to give people a good sense of what it's like to be in all these different phases and to understand that the struggles that you're facing, you know, can be similar to the struggles of a Tony Award winner. And also that you can see a future for yourself if you see where someone started. But it wasn't until last fall, which had been about on our two-year mark of having launched, that we decided to kind of refocus the direction of the company. We had gotten such great feedback from people that they really loved the information. They really loved the the opportunity to connect with their artists, but they wanted to make sure that they got really concrete information. That's like the really practical information people love because... So much of being an artist, getting advice, is saying following your dreams will get you to where you want to go. Um, but it so doesn't true. actually. Yeah, it's just it's just very general motivational advice. Like that has a place. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you really do need that motivational poster <laughs> to get you out of bed. But it doesn't tell me how to file my taxes when I don't get regular W twos from the same employer. Just how to go about and, and manage your career and manage the business aspects of it and the practical aspects of it and lo- logistics and how to determine if you should work with someone and just so many different things that go into it that you don't really know unless you do trial by fire or you have really great mentors that will lead you every step of the way, but even then you still have to figure it out for yourself. That's how we decided to reshift it, and which is why we decided to rename the company as well because we wanted to capture a name that kind of hinted at that. So, Alveo is Latin for channel. It means a couple other things, but in our definition, we describe it as channels. So we want it to be a creative channel for people Mm -hmm. to use, to build their careers, to connect with other people and to empower them and inform them and, and give them the tools to achieve the goals that they want to achieve.
1: That's awesome. I'm thinking of my friend, Justine. So shout out. Hey, Justine in California, (laughs) she's talking about how this doesn't really exist for the artistic creative community is like a space to get exactly what you're talking about. Those resources where it's like I'm I don't know, I think of like Taylor Swift going through her whole issue with her intellectual exactly. property and like exactly. it ma- is that because when she was following her dream at like
2: 16? Yeah.
1: <laughs> totally, like totally. She followed her dream and like hell, that that dream carried her really far, but also like some of those fundamental resources were missing at the time.
2: Honestly, a lot of the inspiration came from the fact that I was in law school and the fact that I was having these discussions in my law classes with other law students many of whom are not in the arts and thinking these are conversations I should be having with all my arts friends, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, getting copyrights for all the music that everyone's releasing and working with each other, understanding if you should incorporate your business. And it's so, you know, what does that look like? What business entity to select. And I know this advice is not going to apply to everybody. There's some people who are artists just follow their dreams and they don't want money and they don't want accolades. They just want to create. And I completely applaud that. And we're there to support them as well in any way we can, but we also have to recognize so many artists and creatives don't see themselves as businesses and they need to. If they want to actually their products and services or make a name for themselves or build an audience, at a certain point you have to really reshift and refocus how you think about yourself and what you're creating. And you can do that successfully without losing the creativity and without losing the empathy and the interpersonal mm-hmm. touch. It doesn't have to be cold and calculated or mercenary. It can be mm-hmm you can maintain that creative side of you but also be practical be practical about it and protect yourself.
0: During this time, like of all of this stuff with COVID and like all the uncertainty, what are like the top three things you would say is most important in these times of uncertainty for artists and creatives?
2: For sure, yeah. I mean, it's so hard because... And that's the, that's the other difficult thing too. There is so much information out in the world from so many different sources. So it's hard to kind of figure out what to pay attention to finances. I think is just one of the biggest (laughs) things that -hmm. you just really need to have an understanding of having an understanding of your own finances. What, like what, what financial position are you in? What kind of debt do you have? What regular expenses do you have? Like literally just taking the time to put together an annual budget to figure out what does it cost for you to live the life that you want to live and to achieve the goals that you want to achieve because that might influence how you're living your life now. If you're trying to save up to buy equipment for a camera, then you might need to pull back on ordering, you know, coffee every morning and getting takeout every day and just having an understanding of how to budget for your life and how to budget for your projects.
1: That's like the hardest stuff to do like no one wants to sit down and look at their <laughs> financials. No one wants to do that. No. That's just not fun. But you're that right that it is so important. So I'm glad you brought that.
2: Yeah, and it's just, and the funny thing is it, it really does seem like the most difficult thing. But if you reframe it in like bits and pieces, you can break it down to a manageable place. It doesn't have to be overly complicated. Um, I've been using TurboTax since I was you know a freshman in college to fill my taxes, and they're great. Cheers There's so that. many it's been wonderful and it's gotten me to a place where I haven't had to turn to, you know, other advice and there are other levels to it. There's so many other companies, H&R Block, et cetera. You know, you can have Excel, you can have Quicken, like so many apps now that will do investments for you or save for you or set budgeting goals for you. It's just, there's a lot of tools out there. So I think the best thing you can do in the first step to doing that is just figuring out what position you're in right now, figuring out where you want to be within six months to a year. And then working back to figure out how you get there. For creatives and everything, I think the other aspect, the other thing to keep in mind is kind of set a plan for yourself about what things you want to accomplish and then work back. So similar to the financial information, but it's from a project-based standpoint, from a creative standpoint. There's a really beautiful thing that comes from improv and creating on the fly and just you know working things out. But I think it's also very important to... If you do have an idea of where you want to go to work back and figure out what milestones you want to hit to make sure you get there, despite, you know, what it can feel like at the end of the week, time moves very quickly. I told myself when I was putting together this EP that, you know, several years ago when I first started writing music, I want to write music and release original music someday. I had no plan. I had no producer. I had no idea. And I had no songs. But I just started writing and recording words I thought were interesting, or melodies that came to my mind, and, and poems, and that built and built and built. So I had this catalog of, you know, almost 300 song ideas/songs that I put together in like five or so years. That's when I met my friend, who became my producer, and various other people who pushed me to finally set a date to release my EP or at least a time frame. And then I was able to look back at that catalog I've been building for all those years and pull songs from there to figure out okay, this is what I would want on an EP and this is what I would want to pursue. And so I wouldn't have been able to do that at this point if I hadn't made the decision to set little steps for myself and say, at some point in my life, in the future, in however many years I would like to do this thing, let me work incrementally. And then I think my third piece of advice, really take the time to get to know yourself. And that can mean so many different things, but I think there's so much value in knowing who you are and in continuing to get to know yourself because you change. Like you, you really don't realize how much you continue to change and grow and develop until, you know, you look back at your life and you're like, I can't believe that was me five years ago or 10 years ago, or et cetera. So from an artistic standpoint, it's, it's crucial to know who you are. It's crucial to know what your voice is, how you feel, how you react to things, how you exist in the world and process information crucial to your relationships so you know the kind of people that you work well with that you don't work well with the kind of relationships that serve you and the ones that do not which is incredibly important to know Mm -hmm. and then you know just in terms of being like a healthy happy human being you're better able to take care of yourself and to take care of others and to be productive and to enjoy your life if you know who you are and that's just a constant conversation that at least based on my experience and what I've heard from other people will continue for the rest of your life. I've taken time over the last few years to really like get to know myself and sit with who I am as a person and and how I exist in the world and how I feel. And I've had to keep doing that even more so during this pandemic because it brings up new feelings and new moments. And do I like sitting in this house with myself or do I want to be somewhere else? Oh my yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Is there a problem with that or is that the normal, like, (laughs) so -hmm. so yeah, those would probably be my three like biggest pieces of advice to to figuring yourself out.
0: (laughs) That's the reason like this podcast started was I was so uncomfortable with myself. I called Molly and I was like, why do I feel this way? I think getting to know yourself is in self-inquiry is just so important. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And it actually Mm -hmm. takes us in. We had another question like listed on our template, but I think it's best to dive in to our Valley of Despair questions. Yes. Like we said before, that's like when you're, when you're kind of in your pitfall. And I think that that happens a lot during what you're talking about, these discomforts of getting to know yourself and being like, whoa, in this whole creative process of you coming to life and bringing everything out, is there like one moment where you were just like, this does not feel great. I'm not in a great place. Tell us about that.
2: It's funny that you talk about a moment because I honestly think a, a lot of the last few years has been been me realizing that it can it can be recurring, but not necessarily in a bad way. I think it's kind of it's a process of being a creative, it's a process of being an entrepreneur, it's the process of being a human <laughs> who exists in the world and has to respond to the many things that life can throw at you very suddenly. And I regularly have those moments. I mean, social media. And cultural in general has set everybody up to perceive that people have this persona that is accurate, that is true, that this beautiful, perfectly filtered life is. Real life is every day. That's not the case. You definitely have moments. I I think I have those moments every day. <laughs> I think I had that moment earlier today. <laughs> especially as a creative, and especially as an entrepreneur, because you reach these new levels, but you still see places that you can go. And the whole creative process is you put in your heart and soul into something, and seeing a vision that other people cannot see and trusting that they will by the time you get to the process and not just that trusting that they will care and it's such a personal thing to be creating art or being an artist you know i always i described it as um feeling like you're screaming into a void sometimes just because you're like i created this thing that is so amazing and so powerful and so wonderful and i don't understand how other people can't see it but at the end of the day. It's not their fault. They're also being bombarded with their own lives, with their own journeys and dreams and struggles and vision. I've had many of those moments. I probably will continue to have them. <laughs> the most important thing that I've learned is to build, you know, build in systems into my life. My, my dad, who's the fountain of wisdom, and my parents are where I get all my best advice from. But my dad has always explained, you know, if you see areas in your life that you'd like to improve, build a system that accounts for it. Don't just do something as a one-off that will take care of that initial problem, but won't fix it in the future. Build systems in place that will like, help assist with that. I know if I'm feeling down about something or if I'm feeling stressed out or if I'm feeling like I'm not seeing progress or that I'll never get somewhere, there are sources I turn to for comfort, whether it's my family, my friends. Those are huge. <laughs> Those are huge factors in my life. And I'm constantly calling them for advice and for help. and especially my family and my longtime friends, because those are people who have seen me in so many different phases of my life. So they can speak very honestly to say, you're going to get through this because you got through this other thing where you're going to, you know, see how far you've come already. Like you can only of course get to this other point or of course you're capable. And so it's really great to have this. I mean, it's, it's really important for you to be able to say that to yourself. And I think there's incredibly huge value in being able to like stand up and say for yourself, but it also, helps significantly to have other people in your life who can kind of back that up for you and support those arguments, especially when you're struggling to do it yourself. And then I'm religious. And so I will read the Bible or, or talk to friends about it and kind of have those conversations. Yeah, those are kind of like the main things. And also just keeping records of things that really helps. I started bullet journaling last September, mm-hmm. which, you know, was great from an organizational standpoint, but even just from a processing standpoint, it's been really great because before I used to have, online to-do list where I would delete things as soon as I finished with them and at the end of the day I'd be left with all the things I didn't do and that <laughs> would make me feel awful like I like I could have four things on the list that I didn't get to but I would forget about the 15 things that I did do that were not on the list and so since I started bullet journaling I've been able to look back and see as of September every single day cataloged and all the stuff I did all the things I've accomplished all the things I didn't but also you know It reminds me of all the, you know, when I accomplished something, it reminds me of of every single tiny step it took to get there in the dark when no one was paying attention.
0: You know, the two Mm -hmm. things that really stuck out to me with that is that, or three, is that you have your go-tos when you're feeling low. It's really good to know what makes you feel good. You know, when you're not feeling good, what makes you feel good in Those conversations with yourself, I think that we don't think that we can like help ourselves as much sometimes, but sometimes if you just like sit there, I find myself sitting in front of my altar sometimes just like spieling and I'm like, wow, I just feel so much better because sometimes people aren't always available and you need to rely on yourself. The journaling, like looking at what you've done. I think another thing we do is that we are so judgmental of ourselves and have such high expectations that I think we forget all of the little things that we do sometimes. So it's when you look back, it's like having just little love notes to yourself. Love that work. So I'm just like, I know,
1: I I, I feel like I have to unpack unpack that too. So what's amazing about that is so many things, but let me try and capture everything I'm thinking first. We just interviewed someone else. um, And I'm not sure which, which episode will go live. Before or after, it doesn't matter. But she talked about bullet journaling, so I think that's so interesting because clearly, like, I need to start bullet journaling. Like, this is is, there's something in the universe telling me to start doing this. Seriously. And what I love about that that perspective is that it flips the perspective. Like, you by instead of looking at everything you haven't done, you're able to see everything you have done and. And the result is still the same. You've still accomplished X and haven't accomplished Y, but the perspective is completely different. And I love that you talked about the valley of despair as like this fluid, sometimes it's a moment, sometimes it's multiple moments. Mm. And that's something we haven't talked about in a long time. Like we haven't really done a refresher on like what the cycle of change really is. But back when we started this podcast and we were explaining what it meant to us, the cycle of change can happen in elongated periods, or you can go through Valley, like four Valley of Despairs in a day. And like, that's a shitty day, but you can go through (laughs) it. And so the, it doesn't necessarily, it's not always this like pivotal moment in your life where you're like, I could write a book about my Valley of Despair. Sometimes it's just like those micro moments that, you know, build up over time. And how we get through them is flipping that perspective. And so I just think the narrative of everything you just said really helps lay that out in true form. And that's what helps us progress and move on and, and create the things we want to create. So I just love that so much. It's going to be one of my favorite answers to that question.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think that's so nice too. Cause I always, we do like go through pitfalls and all the time. And sometimes I get caught up with like, what's the number one pitfall. And I forget that. Like Sometimes people don't have like this really like trudging low. Sometimes it is, I had a bad day yesterday and today I'm great. So I appreciated that comment because I forget that myself sometimes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I completely agree. I mean, I, that's the beautiful thing about getting older. And I think, I mean, I haven't, I'm still in my twenties, at least for a little bit longer. Just a same little bit same. longer. Yeah, I just, I think I haven't experienced 30s and 40s yet, by the grace of God, I will, etc. In my 20s, I think the 20s are really an interesting period because it's really your first time for a lot of people, at least, of being in the world as your own adult and being outside <laughs> kind of comfortable communities and having to like form them for yourself and be your own person and figure out what that means and kind of. And some people figure that out much earlier and some people figure it out much later. And there are some people that never figure it out, but I was telling a a friend of mine that I think I had figured out what it means to be an adult or to like adult For me, at least other people can disagree, but for me, it's been living your life with intention in every aspect of it. It just serves you better to do things with intention more so than you might have done it when you were younger. And the, second part of that is if you don't do things with intention, life will do it for you. You know, if I stay up till 3 a.m. like I did when I was 19 and in college, (laughs) uh, life will be very intentional when I miss, you know, that meeting in the morning (laughs) that is much more crucial than my philosophy class was as a sophomore. Or, you know, if I'm not intentional with how I'm spending my money, like my landlord will be very intentional with rent how it's too. And it's the same thing with relationships. You're not intentional about who you're spending your time with. That'll influence you, you know, in every aspect of your life. And you can waste your time with people who don't serve you or don't, you know, love you the way you should be loved or um, support you. And yeah, just, I just really think living your life with more intention than in you might have when you were younger is a huge part of really truly becoming an adult.
1: So you are have experience as both a creative and a businesswoman. And I love this because... But in particular, I love this because I think it can be hard for creatives to see themselves as business savvy. And then on the flip side, it can be hard for business professionals to to really like lean into their creative zone. Like I feel like, especially in the workforce, I see a lot of like, oh no, I can't do creative work. I'm the tech or the data-driven or the analytics and the flip-flop of that as well. So what advice would you give to someone who identifies strongly as one or the other um, and is trying to lean into that opposition?
2: I think it would probably be getting information because i think the same way people say i'm a consultant or i'm in marketing that can mean anything like it's literally such a such an umbrella term for so many different you know iterations and forms of that and so i think it's the same way being creative and being a business person you know i am very in touch with my feelings sometimes too much <laughs> and, and i you know and very creative, and I like to dream and and, and plan things, etc, but I'm also incredibly organized, and I like to keep records of everything, and I like to have a very clear understanding of what I'm getting into and so people some people have such a hard time believing that I'm an attorney and that I'm also a professional performer. but for me, those two things have always helped each other. The fact that I am an attorney means that I can look at the music I'm creating and say. How am I going to protect this, this thing that is so important to me and so emotional for me? How do I how do I protect it appropriately so that people know that it's mine so that, you know, people can associate my name with it or so how I can promote it appropriately? And then being a creative as an attorney, like being a performer has helped me get, you know, be confident in public speaking and, and feel comfortable explaining things to people or are coming up with creative solutions because my brain works you know, in a certain way where I can see areas of areas that can, you know, be grow grow where you can see growth and development, you know, that people might not otherwise see. And so I think really Once again, it goes back to knowing yourself and knowing kind of how you process information. And then also just seeing other opportunities and aspects to kind of lean into it that you might not already be. And also having an understanding of what those words mean. Being creative doesn't mean that, you know, if you're in banking and finance and you suddenly like stand up and start (laughs) professing monologues in your office or anything crazy, but it, it just might mean like, hey, how can we look at the solution creatively? Or how can I see the other side of this? Or how can I... You know, understand what this other person is thinking from their perspective because a lot of about being a creative is being in touch with other people's emotions and feelings as well and how they're processing information so maybe for you that's what being creative is and for creatives who are trying to be more practical and being more on the business side once again it goes into just kind of planning for yourself and thinking just being a bit more intentional about what you're trying to create and what you're trying to do which people are I mean if you see anybody who can, you know, work as a recording engineer and and put together a whole, you know, EP or single in their basement with all, like only their electronics and their equipment, you can balance the budget. Like, I, <laughs> I still have not finished figuring mm-hmm. figured out Logic Pro, but like, if I can figure out how to pay my taxes and how to sign contracts, I can figure that out. I just need to think about it, get the right information and in, in training and practice it. That's, that's the, it's the same thing with every single skill that you pick up, you need to practice. And if mm-hmm. you don't practice, you're not going to get, whether it's public speaking, whether it's analysis, whether it's interpretation or creative design, you know, take a class, whether, you know, paint and set or business for, or or, you know, business basics and Mm -hmm. just learn as much as you can and just be in a space to be receptive to constantly learning and you'll gain elements from all these different places and people that you're learning from.
1: Yeah, I I like that because I like when you said receptive because you do, you Mm -hmm. have to be open to it and you also have to be the initiator. You have to initiate Mm -hmm. and like you have to seek out that information. I think a lot of times we, and this happens to me all the time, especially when I have a, a daunting project that I'm like, I don't really know how to go about this. And usually it's like a quick Google search. Like it is not that hard, but for some reason, like some reason when it's so unknown and you're just like, it just feels really
0: difficult. I don't know.
1: Oh, and then when you like, just do that quick Google search or you watch that quick YouTube video or you, you know, yeah, God forbid, enter a class, an online class and take a couple classes on something, you realize, oh, this is so doable, but I did have to initiate and I had to <laughs>
0: do some yeah. work.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I will say also, you don't need to necessarily master everything. (laughs) Yes. And so the other part of that I would maybe add is that if you don't feel that your skills can capture what you need to do, surround yourselves with people who can. Like be the dumbest person in the room because because you surround yourself with people who are incredibly intelligent and from who you can learn. A lot of the things that I've learned, it's just been from talking to other people and surrounding myself with people who are incredibly talented in what they do. A, because it helps give me information as to what they do so I'm better informed, and B, because it frees me up to do what I'm good at. So my business partner, Claire, when I shared that idea with her, she is very much the tech side. She (laughs) has it handled. And so I I know a lot more about building a website than I did before I met her and launching a a, a tech company, but I'm still not the one building the website. (laughs) Like She very much... Is a person who's saying, for me, where she understands my ideas. she understands the concept, she understands the financial and legal and marketing aspects, but I still kind of head that because that's my space and that's where my skills are. So we work together very well, but also because we can work independently very well too. So I think building a community or a team around yourself that can support you and provide and fill the spaces that you're not quite equipped to occupy can also help a lot your business
0: partner has different things you're good at than you're at. And it's important to have too. It's really hard to do it all, yes. to think of it all. Yeah. Also, it's like
1: more brain power, the better you. I mean, yes. I, I always think when I'm in my own, actually what has unfortunately become somewhat true is that I feel like my room has become a sounding board of my own ideas all day. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, how do I get out of this? This is awful. <laughs> like, I I miss being able to like look back and be like, Hey, to my coworker, and am I on the right track with this idea? Or what do you think about this? Or mm-hmm. you know, whether it's work related or not related, I don't, it doesn't even matter. It's just sometimes being in your own head space is just like a scary place to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: My no, second thought. It's nice to sound bored. So artists around the world like yourself are adapting to these shutdowns and like swapping performances, all of like for virtual things. What are some of the ways that either you've done or
2: you feel very inspired that you've seen? I mean, it's so interesting. I, you know, so many people have asked how, what the art here is going to look like. It's been really interesting seeing how people have been adapting to everything that's going on. I mean, the, the initial, when the pandemic initially hit, at least in, in, in my area, my neck of the woods in the DC metro area, it felt like it really, really hit ahead mid-March. Like I literally played, that last dish gig with my with my bandmates on March 13th. And then that was the last gig that they we all played together for like two months. <laughs> Which is wild because they especially like I I tend to gig a little bit less than them just because I'm balancing so many things. But they, you know, they lost like 10, 12, 16 gigs in one day. Mm-hmm. Um for so the next several months. Some like some of them were in shows like musicals playing in pits of musicals, um, orchestra pits for those who don't know, and for the next several months. Like it just it was just kind of catastrophic worldwide it was very hard to watch but what's been so interesting about it is that you know you're reminding you're reminded that necessity is the mother of invention you've seen so many people do so many unique things my cousin is a fashion designer out in nigeria where my family's originally from and um She's doing. She's been doing very well for herself. She, you know, clothes film stars in the country and people all over the world who wear her designs and have been for several years. Um, it's her her company is called Ade Soil. It's amazing. But then when everything got shut down within Nigeria, she had to pivot and, and shut things down. And so she started creating masks, like fashionable masks for you to wear with your clothes. And and she also moved into loungewear, like really comfortable, you know beautiful clothes that you could lounge in comfortably in your home and and so once again it's an example of okay well I'm not I'm no longer making gowns for movie premieres or you know office wear because people aren't leaving their homes but let me shift into something differently and so from a performance aspect that's going to be the really tricky thing because of course based on how the virus works that's you know Mm -hmm. dancing close together or singing into a microphone or you know being in a crowd of people those are kind of the last Bits and pieces of society that I think will return, and the hardest thing to do when you have a, an infectious virus going around. But I saw I, there was some country—I don't know if it's Sweden—they did drive-in concerts, which I loved. Honestly, like I thought, was, I've always wanted to go to a drive-in movie, and so like. If you have the space, that's, of course, if you have the space for a bunch of, like, cars, like, in a parking lot or something, then, like, I would love to. Yes, of course. So cool. Of course, you've been seeing everybody go live. I have never seen so many people on Instagram live at one time. (laughs) So consistently. Seriously.
0: Uh,
2: All the time. I mean, that's been a great opportunity as well. I really hadn't gone live that often, and now I have a couple times. Um, For instance, my birthday happened in April. And I had these very grand plans to celebrate going out to a club with all my friends and dancing all over each other in some dark, you know, sweaty club. And of course, <laughs> that was not, not going to happen.
1: Uh, sorry, guys. You know, we have to pull an audible. <laughs> we'll <never> take <think> that. <laughs> not gonna work
2: this year (laughs) it's just not it's just not gonna happen unfortunately I don't think anyone is up for this and I don't think anywhere is open so uh (laughs) unfortunately but instead um because I didn't want to miss the opportunity to mark the occasion like this past year has felt really big for me and I wanted to celebrate that and so I threw a virtual concert on Instagram on Instagram live and I invited my friends and family and I sat in the corner of my room and I sang by myself because you know I couldn't invite my bandmates to play And so I sang acapella into some tracks off of YouTube. Oh, my God. I (laughs) Um, love that. My bandmates and I, we did a porch show at this um, this radio host in D.C. who we know, who actually did our interview back in March. He hosted these concerts on his front porch for for people to play on his neighborhood and, and also to go live. And so we did that recently as well. And then we're doing social distance concerts coming up. And so there are definitely opportunities there. I've also been seeing people like who do theater and do live readings that people can attend on Zoom or Instagram or, you know, other spaces. And then a friend of mine out in LA, she went to a dance performance where once again, everyone was parked in their car and the dancers were all in the center and like either socially distanced or not because maybe we were quarantined together, but the, the performance was in the center and then everyone could watch from their cars as well. And so...
1: Yeah, I, just, so I think there are a lot of
2: different things you can do. I think it's just trying to figure out what they are and what what um, people are capable of, and just leaning into it.
1: Yeah, necessity is the mother of invention. I love like that mm-hmm. whole phrase because yeah, things are coming out of the woodworks that would have never happened had we not been quarantined. You know, what's next for you and what's next for Alveo? What's just what's on the horizon?
2: Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> At this point, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I know it? it really is like a ridiculous question for this point in time, but <laughs> it, it, you know, ridiculous questions lead to pretty good answers. Either. I know. I,
2: I mean, so far, so good. <laughs> and then who knows? It could it could be a slew of good things. So who knows? What I have planned? T V D what will happen, but what I have planned <laughs> currently is um, continuing to work on recording my EP this summer, which I'm. I, like, I, I will get emotional if I go into it because I just can't believe that I'm at the point where I can, like, record an EP of, like, music that, like, came for me. Um so awesome. Like, in my bed when I was, like, at 3 a.m. by myself. Just, like, it's just, it's a really beautiful thing to get to a project where, once again, you came up with the idea and only you can see it. And then people who believe in your vision enough get together with you to, like, make it come true and then to, like, hear it out in the world for other people to hear like it's just it's, it's really so awesome yeah so i'm very excited about that tbd on the release we were originally planning for later this year but with like all the delays and everything happening i think we probably are going to push it to early next year just because i want to do it right i've waited so long for this moment mm-hmm. <laughs> to happen yeah that i really like want to make sure uh, we do it right i'm working with my band and my bandmates terra firma and continuing to build our profile and our catalog of music, book gigs. And then for Audio Creative, we have a lot of plans as well. Um, continuing to produce a lot of original content from people, so people who are within the arts and can speak to their experiences as well and their processes, different aspects of it. And then people who aren't in the arts, we have had financial advisors and um, tax professionals and you know attorneys and marketing professionals speak to those business aspects of being an artist and creating something and producing a project. So we'll continue to produce that information. And we're working behind the scenes on building some other tools and platforms that we hope to introduce our audience soon. I can't go into too much detail now, but I'm, I'm very excited.
1: <laughs> it's so inspiring, though. And I was just thinking, like, mm-hmm. while you were talking, this is why I love meeting people like you, because you just through your like story, sharing your story alone and sharing what's on the horizon for you and what's next, even if it's all TBD, has me in my head of like just all the things that I want to be doing and gets my like gears grinding and I think like that's the energy we love to have on this show and to share because that shit is contagious. Like, people, <laughs> right, that positivity. Like, yeah, the positivity, yeah. but also just like I'm gonna take things on. It doesn't matter if they yeah. don't happen or if they do. Or um, and I love like that. Your personal project, your EP, is making you emotional because it should. Like that's oh. <laughs> that's like a lot of work, a lot of sweat, blood, and tears. Like going into that. And so yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I'm seriously so excited for you.
2: I know. I'm excited. It's definitely each day is a, a different grind, and there are there are great days, and then there are not oh, yeah. so great days. I'm what I'm really thankful for, and what I have to say because it's true. A lot of it is self-motivating. A lot of it is my own goals and my dreams, but like, I couldn't do that with the amazing people I work with. Like I couldn't, Alveo Creative would not be what it is without my business partner, Claire. She's phenomenal. And every time anyone looks at our website, the first thing they say is it's beautiful. (laughs) And I have to give all the credit to her. I like helped pick the colors and that was about it.
0: (laughs) It is beautiful.
2: You know, thank you. That's all like her design and her influence. And even just Thinking through things like we were saying before, so she's amazing. My bandmates are unbelievable; like they're just some of the most talented people I've ever worked with. They're also like the kindest, most intelligent, and driven. And it's just like such a privilege to work with them. Like every single time, the people working on my—they're all working on my EP—and there are various other people, including my producer Kyle Duffy. who's was the one who even for me to finally actually take concrete steps to release EP because I was I would have waited in about five years if it wasn't for her <laughs> honestly um and she's been on like incredible I could go on and on and on and I always do but I'm surrounded by so many phenomenal people in my life who support me, who believe in my visions and dreams, who want to encourage and motivate me. And who are also just excellent and amazing people in their own right. We
0: ask everybody this on our show, on our show, on our podcast, whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What does Unpack the Pursuit mean to you?
2: I think there's so many different ways you could interpret it. I guess, I think it's a lot of what I've been saying, which is just that you could look at a goal and just look at it as, I want to be this and I want to do this. But I think unpacking the pursuit, at least for me, would be what does it take to do that? What does it take to get there or be that? You know, what is it? What will it take for me to do personally, professionally? Who will it take for me to meet the milestones you know, as I continue on this journey, do I want to keep pursuing it? Has the goal changed or shifted or, or, or the target, you know, refocused? And so unpacking the pursuit almost feels like going back to something I've, I've repeated a couple of times is just being in a continuous conversation with myself about what I'm pursuing, why, how, and if I want to continue to do so. And it's ongoing and I don't really think it ever ends. At one point in my life, I think I thought it did. <laughs> and then as i got older i nope. it probably won't <laughs> but um but that's not a bad thing because that's a journey and that's life and that's really the beautiful thing about it because i think it's that whole idea of like what does happily ever after mean is that actually mm-hmm. something we should be looking for because it means you've gotten to the end of the book right. as opposed to enjoying the process enjoying the journey and enjoying what you learn about yourself about your life throughout so yeah, I guess that would be my answer.
0: (laughs) Beautiful. I love that. I think that's, you know, we're, we're born and we're like, we're taught to chase this kind of like American dream and let's just be happy. And it's, yeah, we sometimes, it's more complex than that. And it should be more complex. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's just having a real understanding. Yeah, of course. It's just having a real understanding of what each day is doing in my life and how I'm living in it. And the me feel and meeting and yeah, just, figuring out what makes me happy.
0: Thank you for coming on. That was a beautiful story. I feel like we could go into so much more. So thank you. If anybody wants to reach out to her, we'll tag that on the show notes. Thank you so much again for taking the time to come on. Of course, That was a beautiful you. story and we can't wait to see where you go. So follow thank her, you. see where you go, listen to her music. It's amazing. And a shout out to all of our listeners. Thank you guys for tuning in and supporting us. We love you. You can reach out to us at our Instagram at unpackthepursuit or Gmail, Pursuit at gmail.com. If you have stories you want to hear or you want to be on, please feel free to reach out to us. And we love you guys. Thank you.